If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Blog Talk Radio.
Hey guys, welcome to um, Off Limits tonight with uh, me, Iconoclast Texas, and um, I hope you guys are having a great night tonight. Um, it is uh, 1 a.m. here in Dallas, Central Time, and uh, tonight I'm just going to talk a little about um, nothing really, but <laughs> if you have something you want to talk about, just give me a call. The number is 323-843-6160, and if you actually have uh, an interest in some of my advice or you want to talk about whatever is going on in your life, <clears throat> gay-related or not, you can feel free to give me a call. You can also Skype call me uh, if you go to the... Um, blog talk radio uh, website and look for Iconoclast Texas, click on the um, Skype icon above the show and you can call me that way as well for free. So um, until uh, I get some calls, I'm just going to recap a little bit what we talked about last night and then um, move on. Um, But last night I talked a lot about conservatives versus liberals and how uh, one is better or not better for the gay community. And... um, Today, uh, I was uh, interested in hearing what the other people were having to say about, um, you know, the conservatives had to say about uh, gay people. And I actually didn't know they were going to be talking about gay stuff, but I went into uh, the black conservatives room today and just uh, in this chat room, just sat there, you know, just listening to the show. Not, I didn't say a word, actually, not one word to anyone. And uh, then all of a sudden, about 10 minutes into his show, I, uh, I uh, got a private message from him and Black conservative said good goodbye fudge packer and kicked me out of his room and blocked me from coming back in his room. <clears throat> I could have still listened to his show, but of course I wasn't interested in doing that. Um, but it's just and an it illustrates how also uh, the other show would be Damage Control Radio. Both of them are highly conservative um, assholes <clears throat> on Black Talk Radio, basically in my opinion. Uh, and all they do is preach hatred, and um, and uh, they both uh, continually do that on VTR. And I don't understand why people are interested in hearing that. I guess people who think the same way they do are interested in hearing it. So, um, anyway, so what I was, my point is, is it illustrates the point I was talking about last night of the conservatives versus liberals. And uh, as I was saying, conservatives are people who honestly um, don't care about anyone but themselves. They're concerned only with themselves, and they're not they're not nice people typically as is illustrated by what happened. So um, obviously that's not every conservative, but that's just my experience with most of them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And liberals typically are much more uh, friendly <laughs> and open-minded. So, um, you know, if you don't like gay people or if you don't like... Uh, well, the funny thing is, of course, you know, I went in their room just listening. I thought they'd be talking about politics or something, and they're, they're talking about gay stuff. Don't ask, don't tell. And... Um, it's just funny to me how often I hear them talking about gay issues all the time. They're talking about gay people all the time, how much they hate gay people all the time, how gay people are taking over the world or taking over the liberal media, as they put it, or whatever. And for people who don't who hate the, uh, gay people so much, they sure do talk about us a lot, you know. I think it's pretty hilarious, actually, and pretty telling, because most people who are uh, so vehemently against gay people and have such a seeding, obvious hatred for gay people are often gay themselves, closeted gay people. So, and that's happened many, many times. I mean, you can see that uh, illustrated in um, Republicans um, over the past five years or so and beyond. uh, Senators and congressmen um, who have come out of the closet, been forced out of the closet as a result of their own behavior uh, because 
they were in the closet and had marriages and children and had been living with their wives or whatever for 20, 30 years, whatever, but they were always gay and having sex on the side with, with men. Yet, in their professional life, uh, in the Congress or the Senate, they were preaching against hate. They were preaching hatred against gay people and uh, voting against every civil rights issue that would have been pro-gay. Uh, voting against gay marriage, voting against uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell being repealed, voting against uh, equality, basically, or essentially for gay people. So um, it is, uh, unfortunately, obvious to me when someone is that horribly against gay people that they have a reason for being that horrible um, to gay people and that mean and that cruel and that um, uh, just vitriolic, you know. So... Like I said, most of the time they're gay themselves and they're just in the closet or whatever. And I actually feel sorry for them. I feel sad for people who have chosen to live their lives as a lie, uh, who have chosen to live their lives um, outside of whom they they really are, you know, not being true to to themselves. And I feel sorry for someone like that because I've always chosen to live my life openly, whatever I am. Um, there's a quote. My favorite quote um, is, um, I would rather be... Uh, hated for, for I'd rather be loved for who I am than be hated for who I am not. And I, you know, that's my favorite all-time quote and that's how I've always lived my life even when I was a young child. And I think that um I feel people should live their lives that way because you know, the thing the fact is the bottom line is if you're gay um or anything, if you're gay or I don't know whatever other thing you might be hiding about yourself or or about your life, um, and it's true to who you are, your true nature, there's no point in hiding it and being yourself because people have to accept you and love you for who and what you are. Otherwise, they don't really love you at all because they don't know you. So, you know, it's oftentimes when people who have gay parents, gays who have uh, parents, I mean, um, come out to their parents and, and, and parents have a hard time with it because of religious beliefs or because of how they were raised or taught or their conservative values or whatever you want to call it. Uh, many times, you know, kids will be kicked out of their homes and um, put on the streets because the parents don't want to accept it. And the parents have to realize it's not about them. It's about the child and who the child is. It's not about who the, who the parents are. The parents are all they're concerned about as a reflection, how it reflects on them. They're concerned about, oh, God, they're going to have to tell their family or their friends or whatever about their gay child or gay um, their gay son or gay daughter coming out and being gay, and they all they care about is what their church or their pastor is going to think or whomever is around them. They're not thinking at all about the child. They're not thinking about what that kid is going through and the pain and the heartache he or she has had to go through and endure um, as a result of hiding who they have been all of their life and how they have had such a hard time coming to tell their parents who they are. You think it's easy to tell a parent that you are someone other than who they think you are? I mean, do you think it's easy to tell a parent something that you know is going to disappoint them? Whether it should or not, it's going to probably disappoint them if they're if they're not if they're not progressive people, progressive or liberal-minded people. It's probably going to disappoint them because if they're conservative, and typically that's the way it ends up being. And so kids, you know, well, I've, in that instance, if the parents don't accept them and, and and say that they they're dead to them or whatever because they're gay or lesbian, uh, then they end up having to live um, uh, being kicked out of their homes, possibly. Or uh, being, you know, having to live on the streets, and of course that exacerbates everything, all the problems. That, you know, a teenager living on the streets is not a good thing, and what that leads to, 
can lead to prostitution, it can lead to drug use, all of the above, or them being murdered or, or raped or harmed in some way. Um, and that's all because they chose to be who they are, not honest you know, to themselves and to their family about who they are. And if the family really loved them, they would love them for who they are, not who they want them to be. So I just find it to be sad um, that all the things, especially this year, you know, with all the kids who have been killing themselves um, over the bullying by people. And, you know, when I was a kid, um, I, you know, I came out, uh, as I've said before in other shows. Hold on a second. Uh, um, I've said on other shows that I, you know, I came out when I was 14 years old. And I think it was easier for me to come out because uh, I, you know, like I've said many times, and I say this a lot to illustrate points, but, you know, because I'm biracial, and so I already had to deal with that growing up. And by the time I was 13, 11, 12, 13, I started to realize it. And really by the time I was 13, it solidly was in my head and, and I understood what it meant. But um, I had already come to the conclusion that, you know, although I wasn't going to tell my parents and I, I initially, and I was going to not um, be um, uh, um, honest with them about who I was, uh, I didn't really have a problem with being gay myself. I didn't have a problem with the gay thing at all. All I had a problem with was how everyone else around me was going to re- react to it. So it wasn't that I had a hatred for myself at all. It was that everyone else seemed to hate this thing about gay people. So I certainly wasn't going to want to disappoint my parents or my friends or family or whatever. So when I was 14, I actually um, had told my mom that I was going over to my friend's house um, when I, we were going to go to the fair with his family. And it's a guy she knew, a friend of mine that she knew who was straight, and, um, and I went to high school with. We were in the same class and everything. And um, I told her I was going to go with him. And actually, I had I'd met someone online who was gay as well as me. And um, he and I went, you know, and we hung out or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I started dating this guy, and we um, we were boyfriends essentially. And he was older than I was a few years, and um, we went to the fair and that kind of thing. Anyway, so um, I had my own private phone line and my own, um, you know, phone line and everything, my own room and everything, computer, and so. When I was gone one weekend to visit my best friend at the time, her name was Tanya. We grew up together like brother and sister. And she lived in the country outside of Dallas, like way out, like 60 miles east of Dallas, in a place called um, Wills Point, Texas. And so I was visiting her over the weekend one weekend, and the phone rings about 10 o'clock at night. And my mom uh, is on the other side of the line, or, my, or Tanya answers the phone. She says, it's your mom. I said, okay. So I answer the phone, and I go, hello. She goes, she goes, where did you go? Or no, she goes, where, who did you go to the fair with last weekend, Donovan? Like that. Very accusatory and like knowing, you know. And I go, what do you mean? And she said, who did you go to the fair with last weekend? And I knew she knew somehow. And so I said to her, um, my boyfriend, Jeff. Or I said, Jeff. And she goes, who's Jeff? I said, my boyfriend. She goes, you had better not leave until I pick you up this weekend on Sunday uh, and so she was, she hung up the phone, and so I I was standing there with the receiver in my hand, stunned. I was like I couldn't move, and Tanya was looking at me. She's like, Oh my God, what is it? Tanya, I'd already told Tanya that I was gay. She knew already. She'd done for about six months at that point, and 
she goes, okay, what is it, what is it, oh, my God, what is it? And, and so she hung up the phone, and she, she said, okay, come in here. And we sat down, and we started talking. And I, and I was shaking. And I just was uh, so upset and scared, because not because I was um, because I was gay, but of my mom's reaction. I had always feared what her reaction would be. And so Sunday rolls around. I spent the weekend nervous and not knowing what was going to happen, of course. And so Sunday rolls around. My mom comes to pick me up. Uh, it's my mother and my grandmother. And I get in the back seat, and... Um, we, she doesn't say anything to me, nothing. And we go home, we get home, and I go upstairs to my room. My grandma comes in my room. My grandma lived with us at the time, or she did most of my life, actually. And um, she said, uh, she said, your mother has been so, um, so she couldn't sleep this weekend. She had to take a Valium and da 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 And I was like, okay. And so uh, I went into her room to talk to my mother. And so we talked, whatever, and she said to me that I don't hate, the fact that you're gay. She said, I just hate the fact that you're going to have such a hard life and it's going to be hard, difficult for you. And I told, I said, and she, she was crying and everything else. And uh, I asked her how she found out. And the way she found out was I had a private phone line and uh, Jeff had called, leaving me a message that weekend, um, that Friday before I went to see Tanya and um, had left a message saying to me, um, are you uh, saying, I had a great time at the fair, you know, I'll love you. I'll see you when you get back. So that's pretty much all she needed to hear. And apparently she was snooping around and she had played my message on my um, my answering machine. Remember those answering machines? Anyway, um, so she told me that's how she found out. And I said to her, you know, I said, oh. And she said, um, are you sure you're gay? And I was like, yes, I'm sure I'm gay. She said, well, how do you know you're gay if you've never had sex with a girl? And I said, I said, have you ever had sex with a girl? She's like, no. I said, well, how do you know you're not a lesbian? So... <laughs> So she's like, oh, I guess so. So anyway, and so she was not well with it at first. And for the first, I'd say, year, from the time I was 13 to 14, she was not well with it, and she uh, did what she felt she should do, which was she sent me to therapy. So I went to see a therapist. And um, the first therapist I went to, um, I went to her, and she and my mother were uh, in all of these sessions, of course, with me. And this therapist kept telling me, you know, oh, so you think you're gay, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes. And she said, and she said, why do you think you're gay? And I told her. And she said, well, well, I said, oh, well, you know, when I see a hot guy walk by, I have all these, you know, I get turned on and I have feelings and I'm attracted to them. I see a hot girl walk by. I appreciate her beauty, like aesthetically, um, but I don't, I'm not, I don't want to have sex with her. Or so if I think of a woman, I have no interest in having sex with her. If I think of a man, I do. And so um, she said, okay. Well, she said, well, if you have those feelings, then just ignore them. I said, oh, okay. And I was only 13 at the time. I was pretty precocious. But I said, oh, okay, I'll just ignore them, like sort of sarcastically. But she thought I was serious. She said, yeah. So just you know, just, just ignore them and just uh, think about women and go out with girls all the time. So anyway, that kind of crap went on for like six months. And um, finally, I was at home one time. I, I refused to go to the next uh, the session. And my mom said, you have to go, you have to go. I said, no, I don't. I said, I'm, I'm gay, you can fucking accept it or not. And this is how I was at that age. And um, I'm still sort of that way. And so um, she's like, that's what I told. She said, well, if you're not going to go, you have to call the therapist and tell her tell yourself. So I called the therapist. And she she tried so hard to try to talk me into coming back to therapy and, and saying that we could beat this. And da, da, da. I said, I don't want to beat it. It is who I am. I said, why are you trying to make me be something I'm not? I said, this is who I am. And I'm not going to change, so why are you trying to make me something else? And she said, well, because it's wrong. I go, wrong according to who? According to what you believe? And, 
And she said, well, she said, well, according to the Christian principles, aren't you Christian? I said, no. <laughs> oh, well, that's another problem you have. And so this therapist we go to for help and is supposed to be helping me accept myself and love myself. And, and I, you know, instead of doing that, she tries to turn me against who I am. And because of her own Christian beliefs and because of how she was raised and not, not even looking at who I was as a person, what was best for me as an individual. She was looking at what was what was in her mind best for me, someone she didn't even really know. Uh, so after that, I stopped going to her. And so my mom said, well, do you want to go to a different therapist? I said, I said, yeah, because I don't like her. I said, I'll go to a different therapist. I don't like her, but if she's going to try to change me, I'm going to talk, going to, talk to someone else. And so we found someone else, and I went to this other therapist, my, my mother. And uh, Tanya came with us a couple of times, and... Um, Anyway, we went to the therapist on my mom, and um, this therapist was completely different. And she said to my mom, she said, you know, after meeting with me for several different, um, several different um, um, sessions, she told me, you know, she told my mom, she said, look, your son is gay. She said, your son is gay. That's who he is. He's not going to change. So you can either accept him and love him as he is, or... You can um, not have a relationship with him, have a strained relationship with him, and, and, and not ever know who he's going to become. That's what she told my mom. That's what my mom told me. She told her. And so my mom finally had a light bulb moment and realized, and, my, and the therapist asked her why she was trying to change me into being something else. My mom said she said to her that she felt that um, she didn't want me to have a hard life or blah, blah, blah. And the therapist explained to her that being gay didn't mean you were going to have a hard life. And she said everyone's different in some way. And I agree with that because I think everyone is different in some way. There are people who are who have weight problems. There are people who can't walk. There are people who are, um, you know, um, different races than other people in the minorities or whatever. Um, there's um, people who, who are blind. I mean, there's always something. Someone, every, no matter who you are, you have something about you that differentiates yourself physically or some other trait whether it's uh, initially in your life, later on, whatever, something is going to make you different. And so she was explaining this to my mother, and my mother understood that just because I'm gay didn't mean I was going to have a horribly lonely, sad life. And so I think that's what she was afraid of. So after that, um, my mom began to finally accept me for who I am. She didn't want me going out and stuff all the time, that kind of thing. That still she wasn't very comfortable with that or whatever initially. But eventually she came around and she did wholly 100% accept me. And she has accepted me since I was about 15 years old. Since then, she's never had an issue with it. She she did a lot of reading about being gay and, and what it meant and why and da-da-da. And so she's come to the conclusion that everything's fine. So since I was 15 years old, my mom has never had a problem or issue with me being gay. Now, on my dad's side, my dad is uh, an African-American male. And in the African-American culture, one of the worst things you can be is gay. So because that's how they are raised, and it's pa- the hatred and, and, and bigotry towards gay people is passed down generation to generation to generation to generation, especially in the African-American community. So they, that's out of my dad's family. I never even came out to him because I stopped seeing him when I was 12 years old. I just told my mom I didn't want to see him anymore. We had to see, like, weekend visitations, that kind of thing, you know. And I just refused to go see him anymore because I didn't like him because all he did was make me feel bad about myself. He even called my mom once and said I was too soft or whatever, quote-unquote soft, because you know, I wasn't hard enough or aggressive enough. I'm a sensitive man. I'm not a, I'm not some, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover, okay? I'm a lover, not a fighter. So he was always very butch and everything else. So I think that um, 
I think he would have had a major issue with it, and I don't know. I don't know if he knows or not now. He probably does, but I don't talk to him, so I wouldn't know. Um, so uh, there, people deal with it differently, but my mom would never. She and she she would never have even considered for one moment to throw me out of the house, to kick me out, to put me on the streets. Uh, my mom loves me, and she's always loved me, and she ne- she's always made me know that she loves me deeply. And would never have even considered that. She never did consider that. She, that was never an option for her, and she wouldn't want to do that, okay? Um, and, yeah, um, as I was talking about the African-Americans uh, community, the African-American community, there are uh, a lot of them that are on the down low. It's not just an African-American phenomenon, though. There are Caucasian men, too, who are on the down low. It's just more prevalent or obvious in the African-American community for some reason. People hear about it more often there. But being, you know, that's, in my opinion, being on the down low, as they call it, is completely wrong. And as I was saying when I started this whole broadcast today, you know, you have to live your life as as yourself, not not who someone else wants you to be. So living your life on the down low is so wrong in so many ways. One, because you're you're living a lie. And uh, two, because you're harming or could potentially be harming your wife if you bring any, any diseases back. Of course, that goes for any heterosexual man, too, if they're cheating on their wife. Um, you know, you could bring something back to your wife and um, she would never know that you were cheating on her and then you could give her AIDS or you could give her herpes, you could give her, con- con- I don't know, gonorrhea. I mean, there's a million different things that you could contract from someone who's cheating on you. So you those those things as well. And it's just wrong for that reason. It's wrong, it's wrong for yourself living your life against your own nature and everything else. And I think it's just a, a bad way to be. So, And almost all the time, men who are on the down low, as they call it, end up being... Uh, coming out eventually and accepting themselves as, as gay, because that's who and what they were all along. They just were um, didn't want to accept it. So I just think it's sad, and I think I feel sorry. I really, honestly, do feel sorry, and because I'm a sensitive person and, I, and I'm a caring person, and I'm a liberal-minded person, that I do feel sorry for people who have to feel a they either have to live their lives as a lie because they're gay and they feel that they've been pressured by their family or society in general to be someone that they're not, uh, and so that they live a life trying to please everyone else except for themselves, uh, including their church or whatever, because uh, and B, uh, conservatives and people who preach hatred towards gay people or any other group, but specifically, obviously I'm talking about gay people tonight, but if they're preaching hatred towards gay people and calling gays horrible names and trying to offend us or whatever um and and trying to you know uh goad us uh, into arguing with them or whatever it may be that they're they're trying to do is trying to make us feel bad about ourselves well they should realize that most gay people if you're gay like me and not someone who's living in the closet and lies and by yourself most gay people are pretty proud to be who what we are because we've had to be in order to survive all the hatred and the vitriol we get on a daily basis almost, okay? So people, whether it's just, you know, and I'm going to talk about this in a second, the kinds of hatred, the kinds of bigotry that there is out there. There's the quiet kind and there's the loud kind, okay? But um, I, I just, you know, so a lot of times people who have those feelings towards gay people really have something to hide. So next time you hear someone who's screaming and loudly and saying how much they hate gays and how much they can't stand gay people and who we are, what they think we are, or the quote-unquote gay agenda, as I've said millions of times, I still don't know what that is. You know, as long as people are doing that, um, if someone is doing that to you, 
then you need to realize, or saying that to you, I mean, you need to realize that there's something probably behind that. There's something, um, you know, deeper behind um, what they're saying. So, anyway, that's the uh, that's the spiel on that. And I, I feel like um, most people really understand um, that, you know, um, what are you about? Hold on, someone was asking me a question in the chat room. I'm trying to imagine your face. I have you, Lady Cougar. You can see my face on my profile. Um, part of it, anyway. So, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, the other thing I was going to talk about was the fact that there are people who who proclaim not to be bigoted towards gay people and say they like gay people and there's nothing wrong with being gay. Blah blah blah. However, in private, they may say something completely different, and they may actually um, actually even really hate gay people. And I've had many instances in my life where uh, people will be my friends or whatever, or I think they're my friends, and then I find out that they really think being gay is wrong or because it's against their religious beliefs or whatever. Now, it's fine for me. One person doesn't believe that being gay is, is or someone believes that being gay is wrong because it's a religious belief. It's not fine for me, but I understand that's a religious belief. That's fine. But... I have a problem with that because when people are talking to me or being my friend or, you know, uh, engaging me in, as a friend in a relationship, then I think that um, it's really hard for me to say, look at them in the face and be friends with them and, and, and respect them if they don't respect me. So if they look at me and they have a thing about gay people because of their religious beliefs, they think it's wrong or morally uh, corrupt or whatever the case may be, I'm sorry, it's really hard for me to be that person's friend because they look down on me. So that's like me saying to them, I look down on them because they can't have children or they can't, or something, whatever the case may be. There's something about that person that makes them different. And so I look down on them for that purpose or that reason. So um, that's what I really don't um, get because I, 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 people often say I'm wrong for doing that because for not being someone's friend because they believe differently than me. Um, and that's fine if you do believe differently than me on a lot of things. But if it comes to the core, one of the core, one of the cores of who I am—not the whole core, but one of the parts, deeply ingrained parts of my being—and you say that I'm wrong and disgusting because of your religious beliefs, well, it kind of makes it hard to be that person's friend, obviously. So, anyway, um, I just really wish people would just tolerate people and not worry about what we do in bed or whatever. Because what I do in bed, you know, that's the other thing. A lot of people who have a problem with gay people always focus on sex and the sexual, the sexuality of gay people instead of the gay person. So, like, when I'm having, um, what I do in bed is is a small percentage of my life. I mean, I don't have sex 90% of my life. I have sex maybe, you know, 15% of my life or whatever, 10%. I don't know, depending on what's going on with me and my husband. So just like any married couple, it, it ebbs and flows. We have sex more often sometimes and less often sometimes. It's just normal. Um, so it's not like we're defined by what we do in bed. What we do in bed is just part of who we are, just like it is for a heterosexual person or a heterosexual couple. Yet uh, people who don't like gay people often uh, focus on that and make that the issue, what we do in bed. And... Um, Whereas we're much more complex than that. We're, we're multidimensional beings. We're not one-dimensional. We obviously have jobs, professions, family. We care about our, our, each other, our significant others, our husbands and wives and that kind of thing. So we are not about sex, but everybody seems to make it about that. And so I don't go into other people's room 
or, or reaching into other people's lives and say, well, what do you do in bed? And I actually got asked that. I've, I've been asked that. It's funny because it seems like straight people, a lot of straight people who aren't very educated about gay people um, and, and may just be curious or may be trying to be rude, I don't know, want to know, well, which one's the top and which one's the bottom and what do you do in bed, blah, blah, blah. Can you imagine if I were to go to a, to a dinner party or in just polite conversation somewhere and go up to a heterosexual person and ask them, well, what do you do in bed? Is your wife on top? Are you on top? Um, do you like it missionary style? Um, you know, do you like leather? Are you into like a really sea stuff? I mean, what are you into? I mean, you know, come on. So uh, it's just ridiculous because it's a, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a double standard. So anyway, um, if you want to give us a call, it's the number is three two three eight four three six one six zero. I am going to um, play the song real quick. I'll be right back. I'll take a break.
that was Candy Burris with I Fly Above. Um, if you want to give me a call, the number is 323-843-6160. Uh, anybody who wants to give me a call to ask for advice or anything like that, feel free. Tonight's just a free-form show, no specific topic. I was talking earlier about um, my whole experience coming out and that sort of thing. Um, but I didn't say that um, I, when I came out, it was... Um, <clears throat> I came out to my mom and my grandmother. Um, it, my grandmother started crying. My grandmother was 96 when she died. She died last year at 96, so she was older. But um, she, my grandma loved me a great deal, and she absolutely knew that, um, that I absolutely knew always that she loved me regardless. And so and she was a devout Baptist, yet she never thumped the Bible in my face. She never said, you know, you're going to hell. She never said any of that stuff. She loved me as I, as I was. And and when she was 96, she was sort of, uh, she had dementia, you know, and so she was sometimes herself, sometimes she wasn't. And so when I told her my my husband and I were getting married a couple of years ago, she uh, she goes, um, I go, I go, I called her Mama Head, that was her name. <clears throat> her name was Gladys, but anyway, I, we called her Mama Head, which is a different story. But anyway, I go, Mama Head, I go, I'm getting married. She goes, you are? She goes, who's the girl? Or who is she? She said. <laughs> and I started cracking up because um, she'd, she'd known Michael for two years now at that point. And I go, it's Michael. She goes, oh, has to know it's a guy. She goes, oh, that seems funny. And I go, <laughs> I go, well, it's to Michael. You know Michael. And she looked over to Michael. And she goes, oh, yeah. She goes, you're sweet. And uh, I go, well, we're, get, we're getting married. And um, I said, and we love each other very, very much. And she goes, well, that's all that matters. As long as you love each other, that's all that matters. And so I think if a 96-year-old woman who was a Southern Baptist who was devout to it, I think they could accept it. I think anybody can pretty much. But um, anyway, but when I did come out, though, it was like um, uh, so I was like 14. I came out to my mom and my grandmother. And then the rest of the family did not know. I didn't come out to them or any, like the whole world or whatever until I was 18. But I came out at my high school when I was 14. And I was openly gay in high school. And I had absolutely, the funny, ironic thing is, you know, when I was in middle school, middle school, you know, sixth grade through eighth grade, at least that's where where I lived, it was sixth grade to eighth grade. Um, when I was in middle school, I actually uh, was bullied a lot in middle school because people thought I was gay. But I wasn't openly gay. I was in the closet in middle school. And because I, I was just coming to terms with it myself, I didn't even know how to process it at that point. But by the time I got to high school, you know, when I was 14, I would just have the, you know, I'd already um, had a boyfriend by then and, and, and been dating, and, I, and I'd come through the whole therapy thing I told you about earlier, and I understood myself better and liked myself for who I was, and I was just came to the conclusion, like, if you don't like me, fuck you. That was my attitude then. That's my attitude now. So I went to high school openly gay, and the funny thing is, in high school, I never had one problem. I was never bullied. No one ever bothered me. Nothing. And I and I had a friend in high school. We were best friends. He was gay, and we were just friends. And his name was Ryan. And he was very he was much more flamboyant. He was like more stereotypically gay. You know, people when they think of a gay person, think of he wore like all of the latest clothes, and you know, was very much more flamboyant. Not like really flamboyant, like 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 you know, fay, but like just more. Um, more out there than I was, um, and so he had a lot of problems. People would 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 try to pick on him and that kind of thing all the time. But the weird thing is, I never had a problem. I never was bullied or anything. I think the reason is because I, in middle school, 
I wasn't sure about who I was, and I was really living a lie because I, you know, even though I didn't understand it at that point, and so I was being someone I wasn't, someone I wasn't in middle school. I wasn't being my authentic self, my true self. And in high school, I was. I was being completely myself, and I think the confidence showed through, and it allowed me to be myself. And people, you know, basically that attitude I had, you know, if you like me, great. If you don't, fuck you, um, kind of came through. So no one bothered me. No one said a bad word to me. No one ever called me names in high school, and it was just really, you know, weird. But I'm glad that it happened that way. And so when I was 18, in my freshman year at SMU. Um, I, I uh, went to uh, college, and um, I was in my dorm room, and I wrote a letter to everyone in my family that I was close to, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my distant relatives that I, that I liked a lot or whatever, outside of my mom and my grandmother. And, you know, I, um, I um, wrote them a letter, and I told everybody I was gay. And then I got a letter back, like, from my mother's brother, and my mother's brother's wife, her name was Isla. His name is Johnny. He's my uncle Johnny. He's a colonel. He was a colonel in the army, and he actually was gone uh, on some army thing when the letter arrived at my aunt's. She got the letter, wrote me back, and said um, that well, she was actually sending me money. My aunt was um, like two hundred dollars a month um, just to help me while I was in school and just to you know to because I was in college and everything. And just to be nice and everything. And um, but when she found out I was gay, she wrote me back and said, "Well, I cannot support your moral decision or your moral choice with my money, so I'm not going to send you any money anymore." And basically saying that God this, God that, blah blah blah, all that stuff. Okay, so I was pissed off, um, not because of the money, but because of the fact, the, the gesture, the fact that she felt what she felt and everything else. I wrote her back and I told her, "Look." You know, I am who I am, like it or not, blah, blah, blah. Essentially, that's what I said. You know, fuck off if you don't like me. So we've had, so she's been in my life all my life up until that point and, and even till now. And, hello? 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 I don't know what that is. Oh, God, hold on. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Hold on a second. Okay. Um, I have this thing plugged into my phone. Oh, shit. Hold on. It's for my um, super key. I'm also I'm a real estate broker, as well as the other things, <coughs> architect, everything else I do. Um, but uh, it was dialing out. That's what it was doing. Sorry. So anyway, she did turn my turn her back on me. Yes, yeah, that is what she did. She turned her back on me because I was not who she felt was worthy of her, her time or money or anything else. And I, I actually loved my Aunt Isla. I thought she was, she's someone that cared about me, and all my life she had seemed to care about me and look after me and everything, but she, she really didn't love me. And that's how I knew, because she just turned her back once I wasn't who she thought I was. And if you really love someone, you're not going to turn your back on them when they turn out to be someone else that you, think, you, know, that you thought they were. Um, if, they, if they're being true to who they are, as I'm saying, then it shouldn't matter. But anyway... Um, but something else that pisses me off are the fact that tar- like Target, companies like Target and other huge corporations um, like ExxonMobil and places like that, they donate a ton of money to anti-gay um, agendas, um, you know, and like senators and people who are hostile towards the lesbian, gay, bi, transgender community. And um, that really pisses me off because, you know, I don't, so I don't shop at, I don't shop at Target anymore. 
Um, I know some, you know, um, places that discriminate against gay people. So I haven't used Exxon uh, since like 2000 because they've always been anti-gay. <clears throat> Actually, when Exxon took over Mobile in 2000, I think it was 2000, 2001, uh, Mobile had a policy which allowed for gay benefits for partners and things like that, and um, protection of gay rights, and you, you couldn't not you could not hire someone because they were gay, that kind of thing. But when Exxon took over. They got rid of all of those those things. Got rid of all of them. So I stopped going to Exxon Mobil completely, and I only use Shell or um, um, other places now uh, to get gas because I, so I boycotted them. So I I think it's important for people to understand uh, who you're you're supporting with your money, whatever it is you agree with or disagree with. If you if you think that being gay is okay and it's wrong to discriminate against gay people, then don't support those companies with your dollars. Make a stand. And say, you know, it may not make a big difference uh, in your mind, but if, if everyone did stand up, you know, that it would make a huge difference to them. So, I think people should realize that. <clears throat> and I think it's funny. I was looking today online, and I found this um, interesting, uh, this interesting article about the fact that, uh, like we were talking about gay marriage the other day, there are these ridiculous laws. It's pretty funny. I'm going to read to you. <clears throat> They're dumb laws that these states all have anti-gay marriage laws, but they have these laws on the book. So, like Alaska, you can't get married if you're gay, but it's unlawful to view moose from an airplane. Pretty funny. Um, Arkansas, uh, you can't sound a horn at a sandwich shop. No person shall sound the horn of a vehicle at any place where cold drinks or sandwiches are served after 9 p.m. Okay. These are, these are places where um, gay marriage is not allowed, so it's kind of giving you an impression of um, how intelligent they are to begin with. Uh, also in the books, unmarried women who parachute on Sundays may be jailed in the Florida Constitution. Uh, Kansas, no wine in teacups. In Topeka, servers are forbidden to serve wine in teacups, but no gay marriage either. Uh, beer must be accompanied by soup in Nebraska. No kissing in California uh, on the lips unless both parties wipe their lips with carbonized rose water. It is against the local health ordinance. Okay, Oklahoma, no bear wrestling. Uh, okay, and um, South Carolina, no pinball or kids. Um, it's unlawful for a minor under the age of 18 to play a pinball machine. Virginia, no hunting varmint with one exception. And spousal abuse is permitted in Arizona, but you can't get married to uh, someone outside of your outside, has opposite sex or whatever. So, sorry, well, I need to get a drink. I'm sorry. I'll be right back. <laughs>
also today they had a an article saying that they had a found or yesterday I think it was yesterday. Those of you who um, well, first let me tell you something. I had a um, we have a friend, my husband and I have a friend who um, has a husband who is completely against gay people, hates gay people, and um, his parents hate gay people. And anyway, she was telling me a story how they were in the car once going somewhere. She and her husband were going somewhere, and um, his parents were in the front seat driving somewhere. And she said something about somebody who had HIV or something like that. And she said, oh, she, that's, she said, good, because um, that's, the, that's God's will. That's the way God gets rid of all the gay people. It's, the, it's God's wrath or something like that. I mean, this is the kind of people that um, are his parents. But um, anyway, I, I do not have HIV. My husband doesn't either, and I, I, I don't know anyone who does. Um, a lot of people think gay people are all HIV positive or something, and that's not true. So we do not have HIV. But they did find out, though, that stem cell transplants cure HIV in a couple of days ago. I mean, it's like something that was a huge breakthrough. So people who do have that, that's good for them. And this, people who are gay, people who are straight, children, uh, everybody contracts that horrible disease, and I think that's a great uh, breakthrough. So, so I'm glad that, that they've uh, come to that breakthrough. I don't know if it's gonna, when it's going to happen for everybody, but it's good that it's working. So Anyway, if you want to give me a call, the number is 323-843-6160. Um, did you, anybody see the the eclipse uh, last night by any chance? <clears throat> um, it was uh, like a full lunar eclipse. It was pretty pretty. You can see pictures of it online. It was pretty nice. It was beautiful, actually. Um, I didn't get to see it in person because I was on here, but um, it seemed pretty cool. Um, I don't know. What do you think about going to space? <laughs> do you think uh, Do you think we're ever going to actually have to go somewhere besides the planet Earth or something to like hop around the, the galaxy and be able to do that like they do in Star Trek or something. And What do you think about aliens? Do they exist? I mean, whatever. I'm just trying to think about topics somebody would be interested in talking about tonight. I really don't have much to say. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, um, today I had a, um, I painted today and I painted, um, I was painting some, some gifts actually for Christmas. I paint a lot. And I um, painted like these huge uh, four foot by four foot canvases. I painted two yesterday. I painted two today. I'm gonna paint two more tomorrow. I'm giving as gifts this Christmas plus regular gifts, I guess too. But um, so I paint a lot. Um, I'm not like an excellent painter or anything, but it's uh, it's fun. It's relaxing for me. Kind of just it's kind of my meditation, I guess you'd say. So um, <laughs> blue sky does not think that aliens exist. Okay, blue sky is that because of religious beliefs or because of scientific uh, evidence doesn't exist for it? Just curious what you think. Is it because of your religious beliefs or because of, your, of scientific evidence not being there? What, which one is the way you feel about it? I know you don't believe in abortion either. I think we talked about that before. Um, you're obviously very against abortion. Um, and it's interesting too. A lot of people can be, you know, obviously for one thing, one cause. Like you can be for uh, gay rights and not be for abortion, or you can be for, um, you know, whatever, and you, you, you not think of something else that exists or whatever. So uh, you know, that's fine. People can believe what they want to believe. Um, I just don't believe in it. It's nuts. Little green men running around. Blue sky. Well, why don't you tell me why you don't believe in it? I mean, what's the more What's the reason you don't believe in it? I want to tell you what I think. Uh, I don't think that in this entire expansive, huge universe, and it is expansive, I mean, it's beyond comprehension how huge it is, 
and our universe that we are the only ones that exist. I mean, it's you have to realize there are billions and billions of planets out there, and, and millions of Earth-like planets uh, that we just have yet to uh, to be able to see from here. So, I don't know. I do believe that there are some. There's definitely life out there besides us. I mean, I, I can imagine we're the only ones here, but um, you just don't. You just don't. No reason. Um, I'm not sure what that means, blue sky. I just don't know reason. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I believe that I believe there is definitely life besides us here, some or out in the universe somewhere. I don't know where, or what it looks like, or whatever, but I'm I'm pretty sure it exists. In my, in my opinion, it's uh, it's there somewhere. Um, I don't know. I can't imagine we're the only ones in the whole universe, but whatever. What about the greenhouse effect? Do you believe in the greenhouse effect? Do you believe that we have um, global warming, or do you not believe in global warming? Blue sky. 69. Global warming exists or global warming does not exist? No explanation yet? Okay. Well, since obviously I have not much to say tonight, I'm going to play some more music. I'm sorry. I told people call in, okay? If there were, are they, if, they were, if there were, where are they, why don't they show themselves? Well, Blue Sky, if there are aliens out there, um, why don't they show themselves? Well, maybe they don't know what we do to them. I mean, knowing knowing human beings, human nature, don't you think we might actually, not me, I wouldn't, but the people who are in control of our governments and stuff might actually try to attack them or something if they came here instead of trying to, to contact them peacefully? I don't know. And maybe they're not as advanced as we are, but the most likely they probably are more advanced. But... Uh, so global warming does exist. Yes, it does exist. I agree, Lady Cougar, because, I mean, it's like, it's obvious if you look at the changes in the weather patterns and everything else, I think it exists, so whatever. Um, so I'll be back in a moment when I have more to say. Hold on.
Okay, so we're back. Um, looks like I have a caller. Let's see who it is. Caller, you want to state your name and location? Meow. Guess not. Uh, anyway, um, I was reading this article. We were talking the other day about um, being black versus being gay or whatever. And I keep hearing from especially people like the conservative guy, the black conservative guy, or other people who call in and want to talk about how it's not the same to be gay as it is, is to be, you know, um, as it is to be black or whatever. Um, and this article kind of points out that um, it is. And it's actually by a black person. It's by Henry Louis Gates, Jr., who wrote, who wrote for the New Yorker magazine. And a, uh, I think it's interesting to see what he had to say. So where is that? Um, I think the interesting thing was, where's that paragraph? Um, this, yeah, how do gays fit into the scheme? And he's like, take a hard read analogy between blacks and gays. Much of the ongoing debate over gay rights has fixated and, fl- and foundered on the vexed distinction between status and behavior. The paradox here can be formulated as follows. Most people think of racial identity as a matter of racial status, but they respond to it as behavior. Most people think of sexual identity as a matter of sexual behavior, but they respond to it as status. Accordingly, people who fear and dislike blacks are typically preoccupied with a threat that they think blacks' aggressive behavior poses to them. Hence, they're inclined to make exceptions for the kindly, quote, civilized blacks. That's why the Cosby Show could be so popular amongst white people. By contrast, um, hold on a second. Uh, By contrast, the repugnance that many people feel towards gay concerns in the first instance, the status ascribed to them. This disapproval of a sexual practice is transmuted into the demonization of a sexual species. So basically, that's very true, and I agree with it because it's saying that you know the way that blacks are demonized for being black and for being um, you know different than everybody else. They're also the gays are done the same way, and for for different reasons or a variety of reasons. Um, and also, prejudices, of course, don't exist in the abstract. He says they all come with distinctive, distinguishing historical peculiarities. In short, they have content as well as form. Underplaying the differences blinds us to the signature traits of other forms of social hatred. Indeed, in judging other prejudices by the one you know best, you may fail to recognize those other prejudices as prejudices. And like people who are actually, um, people who are actually, um, uh, oh, hold on a second. Sorry about that, Amy. Go ahead. You can call back. I didn't know it was you. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. I didn't mean to hang up on you. Um, anyway, so um, that's something to think about because people who are um, constantly comparing black people and gay people and the struggle for the two, um, it really is sort of a similar uh, struggle and for the same reasons. There are a variety of reasons, but very similar reasons, obviously. And also something that happened recently is Obama. Uh, Obama actually just came and said he is shifting his uh, his support for gay marriage he was saying that his attitude about same-sex marriage, which he's consistently opposed to in the, in the past, is beginning to evolve. So he's saying that, um, you know, he's, he said constantly he's a strong supporter of civil unions, um, but he was 
uncomfortable getting behind a gay marriage as it's understood. But he's saying now that he actually feels that it may actually be a positive thing um, because of his friends that he knows because they're gay, who have um, gay uh, partners and that sort of thing. So, you know, I think um, that's a good sign. And I think, you know, Don't Ask, Don't Tell is just the beginning. People, and of course conservatives hate that, but it's just the beginning of more to come. You're on the air. Hey. Hi, how are you? You gotta get used to me. Since I'm Lady Cougar, I always meow. Oh, I thought you were a troll. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was you. I'm sorry. How's it going? Okay, but you said you were. You didn't have anything to talk about, so. I don't. I well, you... feel free to talk. <laughs> feel free to talk. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just figured <laughs> at least if you had somebody else on here, you could get a conversation. Yeah, that might actually or... help. Uh, I know. Um, well, what do you think about, we were talking about in there about, uh, aliens and all that kind of stuff. What do you think about that? Uh, I believe there's probably life out there somewhere. I don't think they're little green men, necessarily. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but something just tells me that when God made Earth, he, it could have been the fact that he had, um, tried to make it and he wasn't satisfied so he put that planet somewhere until he got what he wanted. <laughs> so you think uh, you think you think that earth is the perfection of whatever it is that's out there. You think that right. whatever we're the best. Okay, I see what you mean. I don't know if I agree with that because I mean, I don't know what's out there. I don't know if we are the best. Well, Obviously, me either, but I, just know, going by what you think, yeah. Well, no, just uh what they say when God made Adam and Eve or yeah. Whenever he made things, he had to have perfection. Right. I mean, that's possibility. Um, there's, I don't understand a lot of things. Like, when there's a falling star, where does it go? Well, it poops out. A falling star is just a star that's uh, entering the atmosphere, uh, and then it goes I, know, I mean, that's just an example of what I'm trying to... Oh, okay. <laughs> it burns up. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but I, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though. I don't, I mean, I'm just talking because you're talking, and so you brought up Adam and Eve. So um, I don't believe in the whole story of Adam and Eve, and I don't believe, I mean, I think there were two humans at one point, obviously, somehow. But I don't believe in Adam, the story of Adam and Eve, and obviously you must be a very a religious person. Obviously you are, and that's fine. But I'm I don't. religious, yeah, yeah, but not to that certain extreme. Like you were talking about abortion earlier. Believe it or not, I was raised Baptist, and the only church I feel comfortable in is a Catholic church. Wow, and why is that? <laughs> because of all the churches, church, yeah. Well, there's a church that I went to here that I was actually saved in, and whenever I was a teenager, uh-huh. and um. Whenever I was going with this one guy, his friend's mother is disabled. She Her legs are really bad. She's heavy. And so she can't get into the bathtub, and her shower is a bathtub shower. So she washes out of the bathroom sink, and uh-huh. she went to this church, the same church. Uh-huh. And one Christmas, the deacons from that church came to her apartment 
with a basket of gifts, which were soap, powder, cologne, deodorant, washing, clothes washing stuff, all that, and said, before you come back to the church, use it. Right. And I will never step foot in that church again. Well, I can't blame you. And, uh, that's just, a, that's now, just an example of, of the, the religious intolerance. I mean, that's, that happens a lot. Right. But the reason I like the Catholic Church is a friend of mine back in 1993 kept telling me I was going to go to hell for saying damn or uh-huh. shit or anything. Yeah. You know, and so I went out to talk to the Father. Mm-hmm. And he made me feel so at ease. He, said, you know, it's just a vulgar way of talking, because I always said what I was taught in Sunday school was using God's name in vain, and that's what it says on the Ten Commandments, and saying shit, you know, I don't see where God's name's used, or son of a bitch, or motherfuck, or any of that, <laughs> Yeah. and just, he told me to about coming to church, and so... I started going, well, I told him, I said, well, I'm going to tell you something, Father. I don't like dresses. I wear jeans. I wear shorts. He says, as long as your body's covered in the right places, we don't care what you wear. Yeah. But let me ask you a question. And, if you okay. had gone, if you if you had met that exact same pastor or priest, I should say, if you'd met the same person, but he wasn't a priest, if he were a pastor at a, I don't know, at a Pentecostal church or at a uh at a uh, Presbyterian church, would you now be a Presbyterian instead of a Catholic? Probably not, because that's not the way they believe. This was the belief of the Catholic Church. And I'm not Catholic. However, I was converting. Uh And then I had my car accident, and I went to the University of Virginia, and I had the brain surgery. And when I came out, I started dating a guy. And they're belief, you know, is no premarital sex. And I told him, I said, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm not going to live with a guy and come to class and get told that it shouldn't be happening. Yeah, right. 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 But I also told him that their four major beliefs I did not believe because, first of all, I'm divorced. Second, um, I believe in premarital sex. Third, I believe in homosexuals. And fourth, I believe in abortion. Right. But my abortion belief isn't a full belief of abortion. Uh, The way I feel about abortion is... Right. I don't think that these women should go out there and just screw around, get pregnant, and abort a child. And use it as a form of, of, of birth control. I agree, yeah. Right. But if you have a child, and so many people and I really get into hard, fighting, nasty word debates over this. Yeah. But in today's world, if we were in the 1800s, early 1900s, I'd say they'd be taken care of. But if you go and have, um, oh, what do you call it when they ultrasound, and you see that you have a child that's going to have spina bifida or, you know, some traumatic disability, and you're either a single mom 
or you're a low-class mother and you and your husband are working two jobs, uh, your parents are passed away, you have no siblings, or they're busy too, who's going to take care of that child? Well, you might get a nanny, and if you watch enough of the True TV and the news reports and see how the nannies mistreat the children, why put them through it? Right, I agree. The baby will not feel the pain of being aborted, but they would feel the pain of being abused. And one example is here in West Virginia, the county beside of me that I'm 15 miles away from, it made national news, but they found a six-year-old little girl in a closet that weighed 18 pounds. Mm. Horrible. That's horrible. She was stuck right. in there and they put her in there and didn't feed her or whatever? Right. She had brothers and sisters, but I, I tried to keep up with it, but quite a bit was happening around right. with other uh, parents around here getting... You know, if the woman didn't want her and she aborted her, then she wouldn't have been so mistreated and so abused. And a lot of times they people will say, well, she sh- could have been put up for adoption. I have actually heard people say they have babies to get the welfare. So they're not about to put them up for adoption right. and give up that money. Right. Well, that's true, and that's not right. And I, my, my feeling about abortion is that basically, uh, similar to yours, I, I feel like women, I feel like women should have the right to choose if they want to have an abortion or not. However, I don't advocate using abortion as birth control. I don't advocate doing it unless it's just a necessity. Um, at a, after a certain point, I mean, they're, they're, you're talking about regular abortion or talking about late-term abortions. Um, so if a woman is 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 going to you know harm her life, it, it puts her life in danger, uh, or if the child is going to be physically deformed or something where it can't live or it's going to have a really difficult life, whatever you know, those kind of things I'm okay with. But as you said, if, if a woman is using it for for uh, birth control purposes or just because she decides she didn't want the baby or because it's, Whatever, I don't agree with it because I think, I mean, although I am pro-choice, I do think abortion is is um, taking a life to some degree because it, it, you are taking a life, but I, I don't think it's wrong if it's going to protect the mother's life or if it's going to protect that child, the potential child's life in the future. So, you know, I agree with you, and I think that um, a lot of people who, who have abortions, um, like girls today, like young women, a lot of them, think, oh, well, if I get pregnant, I'll just have an abortion. And that pisses me off. Yeah, that's not right. There is birth control, or like myself, being an epileptic, I never wanted kids. Uh, If I'd had my surgery or they'd found out about my disability in time or when I was a teenager and was able to do something about it, maybe I would have felt different. But at the time... Uh, I didn't want to have kids, and when I turned 18 in 1977, two weeks later, because West Virginia wouldn't do it, I went to the Cleveland Clinic. I had my tubes cut and tied. Right. Good. That's good. That's responsible, you know. 
Yeah, because for one thing, especially if the mother-to-be is a disability, right. has a disability, like me, I right. could have gotten, maybe gotten pregnant. But what if I'd had a seizure, fallen down, and then the baby would have been injured to the point where they come out? Right. And today's disabilities, or the babies when you have them, I mean, you can handle, you know, autism, retardation. Uh, you can even, They can even handle having a limb messed up. But whenever it comes to their brain or something like that, people don't want to be bothered with them. And back in the early 30s, 40s, 50s, the husband went to work, the wife stayed home. Yeah, right. Not anymore. Right. And everybody has to work. Nobody wants to be bothered with having to change an adult diaper, Mm -hmm. and especially if they're females, once they... Uh, become, will go through the check, what am I trying to say, and make it nice. Once they start their period, uh, who wants to be messy with, mess with that? Right, I agree. I agree. So that's why some people that don't believe in abortions need to, I'm not saying that they're right or they're wrong, but you got to look at the whole whole area around in today's world. Right. And if you take them to daycare centers, there's been stories and news about daycare centers where a a woman has one, but she also has kids. They've been discovered that her son has been molesting an 18-month-old baby. I mean, this is true. Yeah, I mean it's bad too, and I think that it's. Uh, it's a, I think people should be more responsible the way you are, you know, and, and realizing their limitations or possible the possibilities in the future, what could happen with it. And I think that's why abortion is important. I think it's a right, and I think people should have that right to uh, to abortion. So you know, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree. And the the pro life. Yeah. They are, you know. These pro-life, and no offense to anyone that listens to your archives or to Paula or anybody like that, but I think these pro-life people that go around and boycott and protesters and everything are such two-faced son-of-a-bitches because they will go in and bomb a clinic and kill all the adults there and their families will then be at such a trauma compared to a baby that is inside of something that... Right. Because I sure as hell don't remember when I was in my mom's womb. Nobody remembers now, of course not. No. no. Right. And that's so the thing. We wouldn't that's- know it. Well, I was just going to say, that's the thing. that I agree with you because it's like um, I, I've never known a pro-choice person, a pro-choice person to go and murder a pro-lifer or, you know, it happens all the time with pro-lifers who go into clinics and kill the right. doctors or whatever. And that's just like what I was saying yesterday about conservatives versus liberals, but the, the, it's always 
the, them, it seems to be that are that are perpetuating the, the hatred and the and the evil. It's like they're just right. I don't you know, it's horrible. Um it's not it, a liberal. I think they're just so two faced about it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and if you and for people that want to down homosexuals, you know, being one yourself and personally when I was raped I became what I thought was homosexual or gay. Yeah. yeah. And I discovered a lot of times, you know, I'm not going to get into details or names or anything, but I was molested starting at the age of two to at least 11 by my cousin. Mm. Mm. So, you know, I got to, well, it was two cousins, really. At that time, my grandmother that was raising him would catch us. He was, whenever I was four, he was five, and when she'd catch us, he'd start screaming and crying, saying I made him do it. She'd beat the hell out of me. Wow. Wow. So I got to thinking, you know, maybe I should go play with my female cousins. Well, we were all (laughs) experimental, and I thought, hmm, I ain't going to get in trouble now. Right. But... Um, so more or less what I say is I'm bi, but I'm 95% straight. Right, right. Well, that's still bi. (laughs) That's still bi. Yeah, I know. know. But what I'm saying is I always would call it the seven-year itch. Every once in a while you (laughs) want a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that was whenever I was younger. I mean, I'm in my 50s now. That's what I mean. You know, I'm quite happy just sitting here in front of a computer playing games. Right. I and going to the casino. Right. <laughs> which I'll be doing hopefully Thursday night. But. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, you know, that's cool because I think, you know, a lot of times people who are molested, that's the thing, is that um, they will come out thinking that they're gay and they're not really gay. Um, it's just because that they they are familiar with it or whatever, and then that's what they they, they kind of act out what they had happened to them before or whatever. So a lot of times that will happen too. But, you know, you're either, I mean, in my opinion, you're either gay or not. And you, you, just because you had, have had female um, uh, experiences doesn't make one gay, or male experiences if you're a man doesn't make one gay. It's really more, that's just something actually, I'm glad you said that because it reminded me of a point I was trying to make the other day, but I never did, is that being gay is not just about the sex. It's about the emotional connection. So it's about who you have the emotional connection to. So if you're attracted to someone sexually, that's fine with one thing, but to be gay, you have to actually have not only a physical sexual interest in the person, but you also have to be emotionally interested. Like So you're connected emotionally. So a male, a gay man, wants to have an emotional uh, relationship with another man. A gay woman wants to have an emotional relationship with a, a gay, another woman, as well as sex, of course, both ends. But um, as someone who's not really gay um, can have sex with someone of the same sex, but it not have an emotional component. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, just like uh, to come out or to say it like you go and get a porno, right. and it's a threesome porno. The girls are doing it, but that's just because they're being paid to, right. you know, and they go home to husbands Husband. or boyfriends or right. Right at whatever. Right. And But 
that getting back to the Catholic deal, and I said it was the abortion. Another thing, I don't understand. See, I couldn't, before I could have converted to a Catholic, too, I had to have the marriage annulled. Yeah. And I, but to me, that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. And... Well, that's because they don't believe in divorce or whatever. I know. I know, but that's, you know, and that's what surprised me. Even though I was against their four major beliefs, Mm -hmm. they accepted me in their church. And that's why I say I feel more comfortable if I went to a Catholic church. Right. Than another one, Baptist or whatever. Yeah. I even went, my mom got baptized in 07, and she kept bugging me to come to her church. So I went, and since I went there in 07, and she started going there, to now, there's been, I think, three affairs to where <laughs> three yeah. couples have gotten divorced. Yeah, that's not surprising. You know? And yeah. I had decided, I, she wants me to get baptized before she dies. So I went and talked to the priest, and at the time, Joey and I were together. But I hardly ever got to see him because of his mom, and that's another long story. And when he did get to come over to the house and stay, 99.9% of the time, he'd go on to bed, and I'd still stay on the computer because I'm a night person. Yeah. And the preacher said that I still couldn't get baptized. (laughs) Wow. You know, and to me, if I get baptized, it will only be mainly to satisfy my mom. My belief is I don't believe that water makes that much difference because (laughs) if God, I mean, seriously, if God didn't have something planned for me, first of all, I wouldn't have made it when I was four years old with the temperature of 107 plus and the seizures, being treated for polio and finding out in 93 I had meningitis. Wow. And that was never treated. Then having all the seizures, having three car wrecks because of the seizures, and the only thing bad happened was I broke my hand. Mm -hmm. Falling face forward on blacktop and not even getting a scratch I'm here for a reason, and I don't think that whenever I pass away, he's going to throw me down to the devil. Right, right. Well, that's the other thing, though. I don't believe in the devil. <laughs> I don't believe in the devil. I don't believe in. I don't believe in um, hell. I don't believe in the devil. I believe that there is a god of some sort, uh, but I don't believe that there is this purgatory or this horrible, uh, you know, brought fire and brimstone place that we go to for bad. Because, I mean. I do believe that people live a life to come here, and see, I'll tell you what I believe, and you can tell me what you think, but I believe people will come here to live a life and to learn lessons and that sort of thing, and we're re- reincarnated, blah, blah, blah. That's what I believe. And so I don't believe... I believe that, in reincarnation, too. Okay, but it doesn't make sense to me, though, if people, if you believe in reincarnation, you know, it doesn't make sense that there would be this place where you go when you end up in hell, because you have to have, you keep living your lives over and over until you get it right, or perfection, or whatever. Right. You but, know. to me... Hell does not necessarily mean fire and brimstone. Yeah. Hell could mean uh, 
like mother and I both are scared shitless of spiders. Yeah. We could, our hell could be our next life living in Australia where there's spiders everywhere. Uh huh. Well, that's karma to me. That's not hell. That's karma. Well, that's I mean. Karmic retribution, basically. That's what I believe it to be. Um, what I think hell is, and this is just my thought, though. Um, and this is, you know, I've studied lots of religions, and I actually had a religion show, but well, I've studied lots of religions, and I actually have um, um, come to the conclusion, my own belief is that when you die and, you know, you review your life and you see what you've done and you kind of feel everything you've caused everyone else in your life, good, bad, or whatever. So all those good, great things, the better person you are, all the, the love you've poured out in your life, all the, the kindness and generosity you feel and you get back when you, you review your life, but all the hatred and all the vitriol and all the mean, evil things you did, you feel and you experience those as well. So, I mean, that's what I feel happens. So, to me, that is the hell that can be created. It's not like a permanent In other words, what goes thing. around comes around. Exactly. So, that's just what I believe from what I've studied in different religions and stuff. But um, Trust, or Claire is asking quite a few questions. I'm not sure oh, I'm sorry, Claire, I didn't if she's see. asking you or me. Who taught you those beliefs, or was it more of a knowing that became validated with learning it? Are, Claire, are you talking to me about reincarnation, or what do you mean exactly? If you mean, about, if you mean me, um, my, I wasn't taught what I believe. I was raised um, by a Southern Baptist grandmother and a uh, kind of uh, Christian mother. She wasn't really active in church or anything, but she was Christian, I guess. Or she is Christian. She's not dead. Um, so I, when I was little, okay. Well, when I was little, I didn't um, even believe the things they were telling me because I had all this contradictory stuff coming. My grandma would tell me one thing. My mom would tell me another. Another relative would tell me something else. But my grandma thought, oh, well, when you die, you go to sleep, and then God comes back and get you to get you during judgment. And then my mom said, oh, when you die, you go straight to heaven. And, you know, said so all these contradictory things. And so when I would go to church and I'd hear the pastor preach or whatever, and I'd, I'd say to myself, I'm talking I'm eight years old, I'd say, he's lying, he's lying, <laughs> he's not telling the truth. I just had a feeling that it wasn't true. So um, as I got older, I started studying different spiritual stuff like religions and like all the way from um, Catholicism to Judaism to a Kabbalah, I mean, and more, more spiritual-minded uh, things, you know. So and reincarnation and Buddhism and all those things. So from all those things I've studied, over since I was about the age of 15 or 16, I have come to my own conclusions on what happens when we die. Just what I feel in my heart and or my soul happens. I don't feel that that God, I don't think God is some horrible, evil God that's, that's outlined in the Bible that would, would do that to people, that would throw people, cast them into a hell and that kind of thing. I think that, as I said, we're here to learn. And so um, we come back, we learn, we go back, we come back, we come back, we come back until we've perfected our soul to the point where we don't need to come back anymore and learning the lessons. It's like school. So that's what I think. That's what I think, Claire. <laughs> okay. Well, and another thing, like I was, and forgot I was going to say it a while ago, I used to, whenever I was bored, would watch some of the shows on the Learning Channel and on History, and it would start usually around Easter. Um, from the beginning, I don't know how to describe it, but anyhow, with religion, and um, I remember one part of it that really sticks in my head, that homosexual homosexuality was fine. 
up to after so many hundreds of years, and so was sex at any time until it got overpopulated. Then all of a sudden, it became a sin. Right, right. Well, it was dictated you, a sin by churches and religion. Usually, that's typically what happened. You know, people, churches, various religions made those things taboo or or uh, wrong, like in before medieval times and stuff like that even, or during yeah. medieval times, you know. And so since then, it's been passed on and passed on and passed on that these things are wrong, whatever, and so people pass that down through traditional beliefs. And so, you know, I think that's what happened. And they're not wrong anymore. I mean, what's right and wrong is subjective to people, you know, and I think that... Right. One person, what one person thinks is right is wrong, and one person thinks is wrong is right, and that's fine. People get entitled to their opinions, but what I what gets my what gets me mad is when people try to put their beliefs, you know, on someone else and make some someone else believe what they believe because they think that right, what because, the other person believes is wrong. In other words, if you don't believe what they believe, you definitely are no good, and you're going to hell. There's yeah. a church. Right. Uh, I can't. I never can remember the type of church it is, but some friends of ours that we put up with, so to speak, go there. My ex-husband, as a matter of fact, goes there now. It's one of the holy roly type churches, you know, where you get the the spirit and you talk in tongues and all this, and the women can't cut their hair, they can't wear pants. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it could be. And, you know, to me that is just so full because one of one of the friends, because mom goes to a Baptist church, made a remark about her church, mm-hmm. and then I finally called the Church of Latter Day Saints here and told them if they sent anybody to my house anymore, I was going to get them for harassment. <laughs> because they came to my no, they came to my they kept coming to my house, and that's when I was going to the Catholic Church, and I told them, and one of them asked me, "Well, if you're going there, what makes you think you're going to heaven?" Yeah, yeah, judgment, judgment. Right, and that pissed me off. Yep. So bad. Yep. That's what they do, though. That's what. Uh, This is why I don't subscribe to any one particular religion. I have nothing against religion. If it works for a person, that's fine. But like I said, it's only when they try to infringe upon my own life. But what I have against it is that oftentimes, you know, more times than not, people who are devoutly religious to whatever their belief system is, whether it's Mormonism or Catholicism or Judaism or whatever, they feel, like we were saying a minute ago, that if you don't subscribe to what they believe, that you're wrong or immoral or you're a bad person and that's how they get you or get some people weak people that's in my opinion how they get weak people to join they get, they make people feel like they're wrong and the way they're living is wrong and they get people who feel you don't have a lot of um you know uh willpower uh they start to believe it and they start to believe oh well i guess they're right i guess i am a horrible evil person so i better join their church so i don't go to hell so a lot of times they use scare tactics to, to make people join their yeah. their flock. I think that's completely wrong. So, um, and I say live and let live. I do too, and that's what everybody should say. I think. I mean, who cares? You know, as I've said on my show many times, people, it's you just let people be. Laissez faire. I just say people let people be, whether they're going to be, 
and it's none of your business. It's not how I live my life. It's no one else's business, and vice versa. As I've said, uh, as long as it doesn't infringe upon my rights, and my rights or, or what I do doesn't infringe upon their rights, then uh, that's just how I see it. So, but that's what a liberal-minded person thinks, and that's how I am. I'm liberal-minded, but conservative people think that you ought to be the same way. Otherwise, you're wrong. So, it gets really on my nerves. It gets on my nerves. But yeah. What can you do? And then. When you were saying earlier about the African Americans definitely not believing in gays, and I brought right. up the down low, yeah, that's just, that's a a curtain for them to hide behind. Of course, of course. And you know, it's so ridiculous. Well, it is ridiculous, and I think that you know. Uh, the down the people who do that, and well, I don't know. Well, specifically in the African American community, it's just more of a machismo thing. It's not just the African American community. It's like also, you, I guess you could say, any kind of Catholic, um, primarily Catholic, primarily Catholic uh, race or group of people, like Italians even or something. And those, it depends on what they believe and uh, religiously and also traditional beliefs. So they pass that down, that hatred and that vitriol. And and that's what's ingrained in them, and so it's like a machismo thing. A lot of them are fine with lesbianism, but they're not. They hate gays, gay sex, or gay men having sex. It's what the lesbians are fine with, and that's because they're not. Yeah. Threat, you know, they're, they're not threatened by women having sex, but they're threatened by two men having sex. Because what does that mean or say about them if they're doing it? And and it makes people think, you know, about what they think about gay sex, and it makes people ask questions, and so that is a lot of times the reason people who have a problem with, the, with gays uh, act that way or on the down low or whatever. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it is what it is. I, I'm just so, I just wish people could just let people be. I'm so sick of fighting all the time. Yeah, you know, really. I really am. I, really I understand am. where you're coming from. Yeah, I'm just sick of it. Hey, Tracy Greer. Hi, hi. See you in the chat room there. Anyway. Yeah, um, where's Holly? I don't know. He said she's here. I don't see her. I don't know who Holly is. Who's Holly? Oh, Mystic Blue Sky. I was thinking that was... Oh, Mystic Blue Sky is Holly? Okay. Yeah. uh, Uh, That's his girlfriend. Mark Brickley... I'm sorry, honey. Mark Brickley... um, Yeah, I saw you say you've had a long association with gays earlier in What's-His-Face's room, the black conservatives' room. Do you say that a lot? Um, Anyway, go ahead. Um, Sorry. (laughs) You know, I'm going to bring up a subject, and you can stop me if you want want to. Okay. Well, we've got 19 minutes left, so. I won't mention any names as of yet, but there's one listener that's been going around, and he's in the room now. Mm-hmm. And they use a lot of aliases. Well, you're talking about Mark Brickley? Ha- <laughs> and he happens to be a sex offender. Yeah, Mark Brickley. I know. I know. Okay. I'll use his name. I know that already. I know. Okay. And, well, he's handing you a bunch of bullshit because he does not have a wife. What he has is an eight year, 18-year-old fiancé. Really? And he's wow. 59 years old. And wow. he was charged... With sexual assault on a 14-year-old. Right, right. I know. So, you know, what they have to say to me has about as much credit as 
a piece of dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I agree with you. Well, he, the thing about him is is that he actually has been, uh, he called in a couple times, and I tried to have a conversation with him, and just like every conservative person that calls my show and try to have a conversation with me, they end up yelling and screaming at me, and they won't let me speak. And um, so I don't let him call me anymore because I don't. But I said as long as he acts, behaves properly, he can come in here if he wants to make an actual point. But I absolutely have heard that about him from several people. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've absolutely heard that from several people. So I'm beginning to hear it more and more. Uh, there was a website that a friend of mine gave me the link to. Because uh-huh. I didn't believe it until then either. And it showed his picture and everything. He, said, he says he was charged by his lesbian wife. Well, that's no. why he hates gay people. <laughs> and he was he was charged again less than two years ago. Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. So it is an error. Uh huh. I don't think it's an error. Oh, bullshit. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah and true. if I can get a hold of this one, the next time I see her, I will ask her for the link again because I ended up getting a new tower and I lost all that. Right. That's fine. Just let me know if you find it. I'd like to see it. Right. I will. Because I'd like to know if that's the truth. Uh, Gunslinger, uh, if she is of legal age, anything about legal age is fair game. Well, not for assault it isn't. I mean, hello. It, you're saying sexual assault. You're saying that he actually assaulted her. You're saying because she's underage, it's like statutory rape. Which one, are you, which one was it? Do you know? He's probably referring to the fact that I said he was engaged to an 18-year-old, and he's like 57 or something like that. Oh. Yeah, but when she was 17, she was underage. Right. And he said one time that his wife was 40, and she, he changed her uh, exchanged her for two younger ones. Mm, interesting. So, yeah, and, you know, they can say what they want to about me. I've been holding back saying stuff once I was informed. Yeah, just give me, that. Give, me the, give me the information if you can email it to me or something sometime. If you get it, email it to me. I'd like to see it because that way I can be informed about it myself. And I can okay. know if I want to if I want to have him in my room or not. So <laughs> your email on your profile? Yeah, you can just it's on my profile, or, or you can just do info i n f o at offlimitsshow dot com. Other one, it's on there too, though. Or you can email me through Blog Talk Radio too. Either way, I'll get it. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna. Um, look, I appreciate you calling in because you gave me somebody to talk to today because we didn't have any callers today. So I appreciate you calling me. <laughs> I really do. And I'll listen to your show tomorrow too, okay? And, okay, um, come by. I'll I play luggage in just for you. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, everybody, that was Lady Cougar. I appreciate you calling in, Lady Cougar. That was nice of you. Um, I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back.
and he is not uh, going to be marred by uh, discussing this. And I wouldn't be so cavalier to say these things if he had been – we'd had a history of good will towards one another. He's not been respectful to me most of the time. The last two shows, he's been respectful, but the first two or three, he has not been. And he said some very mean and cruel things to me. So I am not so willing to uh, show him as much respect or uh, protection as I would someone else who is in the same kind of uh, – uh, position, okay? Um, and by the way, you know, if someone had, talking about in the chat room, someone who is younger, if you're with someone who's younger, I don't think it matters what age you are. As long as the person you're having sex with or you're dating, it, it's consensual and it is of, um, of age. So if you're, if you're in the state where 17 is the age of consent, fine. If you're of age and you're in, um, in your um, uh, 18 is the age of consent, that's fine. But if you're dating someone younger than that and it's not of age, then you really have no reason to be doing that. So um, I disagree with that, definitely. Um, and also, um, thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. And also, um, I, uh, um, you know, people people's private life is people's private life, and I agree with that. The problem is or comes in where I don't want, you know, someone in who's who's yelled at me and said rude and cruel things to me uh, to be in my room uh, and saying those kind of things or, or preaching things that I disagree with um, if they have been convicted of something like such as horrible as you were possibly convicted of or whatever. So anyway, um, whatever you do in your life is fine. It just it's, like I said to you many times before, as long as you're respectful to me in my chat room, um, there's no problem as long as you're not going to be um, – rude to other people. That's fine. I don't like people who are rude, so <laughs> I try to stay nice anyway. Um, anyway, look, guys, you know, I'm sorry tonight I didn't really have a topic to discuss. Tonight was sort of kind of a free-for-all. It's kind of hard to have a topic every single night to discuss because, um, you know, this nightly show is really more, like I've said before, it's just more of a um, free-form uh, discussion type call-in show. It's not really a topical show. Um, my next topical show will be on January 7th um, at 7 p.m. Central Time uh, on racism. So we're going to have a whole two-hour show on that, which is going to be the off-limits show, not this show. Um, so this is off-limits, but this is off-limits after dark. So um, the original show will be then. And we're going to discuss all things about racism and, and where it comes from, why people are racist. I'm going to have to try to have to, uh, try to have a few guests on the show as well from local universities and things like that to discuss uh, racism from their point of view. I'm going to also try to have a racist on there. Um, I'm going to try to find one. It shouldn't be too difficult to find one uh, because they are everywhere, and um, the world is full of hate, unfortunately. So, love, love, love. Anyway, um, so I'm going to uh, play us out uh, with something, and I appreciate everybody visiting and staying with me tonight, and uh, even when I didn't have much to say. And I hope to uh, talk to you guys um, uh, tomorrow. Talk to you later. Good night.
mama Oh yes, son I'm talking to you You have the joy But you don't show love Oh yes, son I'm talking to you Wanna get with me With no money Oh no plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 